far as the GA are concerned, in this matter, it's nothing to do with the individual teams. This is to do with the GAA protecting its own rules, protecting its own reputation. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette. Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. You're welcome along to Thursday's Off The Ball. It's Nathan with you this evening. Uh, busy show between now and 10 o'clock. Connor Howerhan is going to join us on the football show, Republic of Ireland midfielder. He's now playing with Derby County in League One, left Aston Villa during the summer, uh, moved to Derby County where he's part of a big Irish contingent there. He's in a rich vein of goal-scoring form and he's going to join us for the football show to uh, talk about his career all the way from League One to the Premier League and now as he's about to turn 32, entering a different stage of his career. Really interesting guy, Connor. Howard, so he's on his way on the football show. John Giles on the way at half past seven. He'll be reflecting on the week in football. And Barry Hennessy uh, is going to join us after eight o'clock. Uh, Four time All Ireland winner with the Limerick Herders. Uh, the backup keeper to Nicky Quaid. Uh, one of these just remarkable stories where he's been around for eight, nine years while rarely playing, but an unbelievably key figure of what Limerick did over the last four or five years in the standards that he said in the way that he pushed Nicky Quaid and the life of the backup goalkeeper is just such a bizarre one so we're going to talk to Barry Hennessy about that role and a whole lot more besides really interesting guys so he's coming up after 8 o'clock as well 53106 is the text number uh, add off the ball if you want to get in touch on social media Richie McCormick is with us good evening Richie Nathan how are you? I'm alright you're, uh, you're back at home you had a nice am, yeah, three, and, and three evenings away from the family and you're gone again. <laughs> no, yeah, back back, back to my uh, my bolt hole here. Uh, the question still remains to be answered though, Nathan. Uh, you are off to a gig apparently on the Monday. Uh, we wanted to know on, on, on air yesterday whether it was to Lewis Capaldi or to Thedators. Which one's it going to be? Ah, I missed this. Yeah. I, and I had a, a random tweet from somebody going, oh, I bet you it's Lewis Capaldi at Nathan <laughs> And I was going... <laughs> Well, you bet. What's Lewis Capaldi? Why, 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 what are you talking about? Uh, I'm off to. I'm off to. You know, I'm off to a gig on Monday. I'm not actually off to a, a proper gig on Monday. This is like now going to be the most boring story of all time. Well, it was never oh, going to be that exciting go. in the first place. If it was either Lewis Capaldi or editors, uh, which sure. do you think? If I had a choice between Lewis Capaldi and editors, <laughs> clearly of I'm same vintage as Richie. I'm going to editors, though. I'm kind of going. Yeah. Like, was was yeah. anybody? A, do editors sell out a gig? It was, uh, I don't, I did, at the lead singer of editors so, no. used to go out with Edith Bowman, correct? Married Edith I Bowman? Think they're, I think they're still together. I think well they're done. married. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. The, the editors were a nice little mid-2000s indie rock band, certainly of my yeah. vintage. Like, there were no block party. No block party. They're, they're no, they're, that's true. They're, no, they're, not, they're, not in the, they're not in the upper tier no. of mid-naughties indie, that's for sure. No, you, like, you might have stressed yourself to a bit of an editor's gig of a Monday night, would you? I don't. No, I don't think I've ever actually seen them live. Now that I no, think of it, no, I don't. No, and, no, and, and certainly I don't get the whole Lewis Capaldi thing at all. He clearly can yeah, write no, a same. nice uh, romantic ballad that the youngsters of the world like, but him the as youngsters. a live experience, uh, no thanks. So I'm not going yeah. to see either of them. I'm, I'm going to see. Uh, yeah. I'm going to see <laughs> uh, somebody feed Phil. Oh, sorry. Watch this. No, it's a Netflix show. Uh. Uh, it's uh, this guy Phil Rosenthal who was one of the writers oh that's of, the, 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 the Everybody Loves Raymond guy yes he's yes. the producer and, and, and so he's doing yeah, a live show in the Olympia it's like very harmless nice little Netflix I don't want to sit down and watch anything serious 
and he just goes around like all these travel shows to very nice parts of the world eat some nice food it's a bit touristy it's one of those when he comes to Dublin and you yeah. see where he goes to in Dublin you're like oh, I thought when he was going to all these wonderful cities he was going <laughs> off the beaten track and then he comes to Dublin and he's in the Guinness storehouse yeah but uh, very nice man. where does he go to in Dublin? he goes to the Guinness storehouse and he hung around a little oh. bit with the happy pair oh good lads now there is that has raised the possibility in my head mm. that I've just realised Oh, they're going to appear on stage. They they might be there, uh, but yeah. no, he's very, very. It's very easy watching. And then I saw he was coming to Dublin. I said, "This thing, myself, and my wife sit down and we watch this. Pass this half an hour. At the end of a stressful day. So let's go. Let's go out on a Monday night and let's go and watch this. You booked and now it. I'm now I'm out in the. T- I booked it. Yeah. Out of the blue. Just out of the blue. God, you've it all covered. You've it so. I'll tell you what. T- <laughs> how romantic. How more ra- you can't get much more romantic than a night at. What does the live show comprise of? I have no idea. This is. I'm really <laughs> concerned now. It'll be uh, filling the happy pair for two hours. And listen, you do get to this. You do get to an age where you're just happy to be out. So already it's oh, like, yeah. oh, I, go yeah. for, I go for a couple of drinks beforehand, and hopefully <laughs> it'll be done by ten. So I might even get one in after, and not home too late. But still, it's a Monday night. These things, what's rare is wonderful. Yeah, that's fair enough. I wasn't expecting that one, but there I'm you not, go. I'm, I'm, nowhere, I'm, clearly, I'm nowhere near as cool as, you see, Richie at least. Uh, you're right, though. Any gig I now go to is a nostalgia fest. It's incredibly yeah. rare I would go to something that, you know, is just a band release. So, like, the only tickets for a gig I have in the summer are, like, Arctic Monkeys. And no, I better not try any of that new stuff. I've, I've, <laughs> Which, I've in fairness, I think fun, most people yeah. are feeling. I've now become fond of sitting uh, at a gig as well. I got tickets for Yola Tango there in April and uh, got ones for the circle because I just went, you know what? Standing for the duration of this oh, one, I yeah. don't think I'll be up to it. So yeah, having a nice sit, I think is going to be good. Yeah. I'm sitting at this as well. I've no I idea. I presume he's not cooking. I presume he's just telling nice stories. <laughs> My worry is I'd, I've never seen everybody. Everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. Everybody, I've yeah, never seen yeah. it. My concern is that he's that's part of it and he's telling stories of this becoming the biggest show on American TV and I've no, no idea what he's talking about. Still repeated most mornings on Channel 4. Is it? Every so, morning yeah. on Channel 4, yeah. Wow. Everybody, a double bill of Everybody Loves Raymond, triple bill of Frasier. That's my morning. <laughs> what are you watching in the morning? What, that's a, that's a fair, that, now I'm going off on a terrible tangent. Uh, you know when you're just sitting around the house in the morning at 10 yeah. o'clock yeah. and yeah. You're, you're not really watching that but you're just putting something on. Like, what, yeah. what are you leaving on? Minder. Minder. <laughs> Straight to yeah. ITV3 Sometimes I leave ITV4. this morning on. <laughs> Sometimes no, I no, no. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a Minder fan, so we'll leave Arthur wow. and Terry uh, on in the background there, or just actively watch it. Uh, that's after my triple bill of Fraser on Channel 4. Yeah. Sometimes working in the evenings has its benefits, and that's one of them. I'm rarely, I'll be honest with you, I'll be more likely with the radio in the morning. I won't turn the television on more often than not, because there's a slight thing, I don't know what sort of bell it rings in the mind, but seeing those morning TV shows it depresses me it gets me down a little bit of <laughs> just a little bit of Premier League years in the background oh, passes yeah, an hour quite nicely pass an hour and a half and the rest an hour quite nice uh, the TV moment of the year I, was uh, last Saturday night do you watch the Michael McIntyre show god I'm so bloody middle aged it's depressing <laughs> do you watch this Michael McIntyre show I don't know they do this thing where they like rock up to somebody's house and surprise them in bed in the middle of the night so okay. it was Peter Crouch right. you gotta watch this it's hilarious have you seen this Richie so uh, they, it involves Michael McIntyre, so that's a general no for me. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I've never had any credit to start with, but it's going downhill rapidly. There's eight get-to-the-sport messages coming in, I would say, very quickly. <laughs> Lads, it's like, this is we talk about Kilmacud again. These, <laughs> these are the options on the table <laughs> right now. Uh, so he goes in, and it's all arranged with uh, Crouch's wife, and they sneak in the middle of the night, and uh, he's over in Portland at three in the morning. They wake him up, and he's like, what the hell is going on? And they bring in uh, Dion Dublin randomly at some stage, and then they turn off the lights, and they tell him, you have to find five things that have changed in the room. 
And so he's looking around, he finds one, he can't find the other one. And he turns over, and Holly Willoughby is in the bed with him. Good grief. What's. You have what to kind watch of it. What show is this? It's, it's it's a, this, is, this is family entertainment at half six on the Saturday night. This is as good as it gets for me. There are surely some legal steps that Mr. Crouch can take after that. <laughs> I'd say he probably doesn't want to take any legal steps. Because this makes sense. I saw this after, I think, Murray's win. Did they do it to him a few years ago? Yes. In his hotel room? Yes. Well, what's the danger the, to it? What's the danger? <laughs> it's not going to kick off. He's ready somebody arrived at your room at three o'clock well, in the morning. I'd be furious. I wouldn't get in the film with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> Best believe that a kick you'd off. You'd have to wonder. You'd have to wonder. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Barry Hennessy's coming up. Yeah. So uh, you arranged this, Arthur. Uh, yeah. Barry Hennessy retired um, because you know the Limerick team are so familiar at this stage. Barry Hennessy retired. Barry Hennessy. So Barry Hennessy has been the backup to Nicky Quaid for a long time. Uh, just to give you a sense of how long, Richie. Uh, mm. Barry Hennessy played his last championship game in 2015. He's been on the bench for every championship game since then with Limerick mm. without getting a match, but has rocked up to training every night and has pushed Nicky Quaid as hard as he possibly can in training to get him to be the best goalkeeper in hurling right now. Uh, so he's coming up after it. Like the level of commitment that that requires, knowing, and he said he did get to the stage around the time John Kiley come, came in, of knowing he wasn't going to in all likelihood move past yeah. Nicky Quaid and it got past the stage of waiting and looking at every twinge going maybe, maybe, maybe and just got his head around the fact of my job in this group is to get the best out of him there's it's an, a heck of a sacrifice there's a mad level of selflessness to it there's a part of it that's up the upside so it's like I suppose depending on whether you're kind of an, as he was talking about ego a lot as well and kind of having to forfeit ego entirely so there's a part of you that was kind of like, well, you're either very happy to be here and you're privileged to the fact you have four Ireland medals and the rest, or there's that part of you, which I assumed is kind of in everyone that gets to that level, where you're like, well, I have to be, I want to be playing. I want to, you know what I mean? Exact inverse of what happens with Conor Horan afterwards, who leaves arguably a nicer position or mm. could have taken different positions in the championship where maybe in and out of the team to go, like, I need to be playing. And they're like, they're probably in around the same age, funnily enough. Um, Horan's probably a year or two younger than him. And it's just an unusual position because you're almost just like an uh, an active member of staff. Like effectively, you're not. You you know you'll play if needs be, but there must come a point where it's like, well, this guy's pretty durable. He's not going anywhere. Like he had one injury in 2015 where he was talking about when Barry got his chance. Quaid's been ever present ever since. Never even looked anything but. And there's also that bit of because nobody really knows you or knows about you. And okay, he plays for Kilmallock, so he'd have a reputation in the yeah. club game. Everybody who's ever watched a match when the number one keeper goes off, when the second guy comes in, there's an automatic doubt and a nervousness and a yeah. uh-oh, uh-oh. And that's you. And you think of the pressure even in football that uh, Evan Comerford comes, comes under when uh, Clucks goes. Different sort of dynamic. They were very much sort of holder of it and, and protege, for use of a better word. Um, but the, I, what I always remember as well with the expectation of that was, like everyone was, and I'm not commenting on whether what Comerford is one way or another up to the standard of Cluxton, but I do remember there was the general acceptance that, oh, he's as good, if not better. And there is that sort of mythology that can build mm. around you, that you're almost like, you're coming after this guy, but this is the guy. With Hennessy, I, it, it, it probably didn't ever work that way. Even. He didn't have the, the benefit of that because he was always the exact same sort of age group. And it's just an unusual, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you keep going when surely all you want to do is be playing. No, and it's not happening. The strange thing is that uh, Barry Hennessy's father, Tom, yeah, that was, was crazy. also the backup goalkeeper with Limerick behind Joe Quaid. Joe Quaid. Yeah. Now, there's your next book. The backup keepers to the Quaids. 
don't say that. Write that down. Don't say that. Don't say Don't say Number two. Like, oh, that's it, good. It, Number I, 16. Because I, 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 there's been a lot of talk about Cueven Kelleher on the show over the last few weeks and should he, shouldn't he, should he stay, does he need to move? And obviously we look at it very different here from over in, in the UK in that we look at it as to what it would mean for Ireland. We don't know how good a keeper Cueven Kelleher is. He's clearly a brilliant goalkeeper at being able to perform on a big occasion and step in and not be overawed and fit into a team and play to a style that suits Liverpool. It's a very different thing, Richie, doing it for mm. 45 games a season and having, making a mistake, as is what's happening with Gavin Bazunu, making mistakes and having to come out three days later and play again against another top Premier League team and maybe concede four and then play three days later, make another mistake. And the eyes of the world have been on you. Whereas Cueven Keller's in this sort of... There's l- low expectations around him at the moment because he's coming in as backup to Alisson and everything he does is sort of a... Oh, can't believe he's done this. Can't believe he's done this. Yeah, and for both of them, both for Bazunu, considering where he's... He, on a domestic level where he started off and then, of course, the move to Manchester City and uh, with Kelleher being at Liverpool, like the only feasible route out for them was downwards. And that's something that they've got to deal with as well. That they've they've reached their pinnacle in terms of the clubs they play for, more than likely, more than likely, by the by their early twenties. And from that point onwards, it's a it's a slow spiral downwards because Bazunu's gone off to to play for Southampton. And granted, he is of an age whereby absolutely he could go on and become one of the Premier League or indeed the world's best ever goalkeepers and find himself playing for Real Madrid or something like that. But that's you got to go down before you go back up, and that's a weird place to be in as well. And I, I don't know if that's what's keeping Kelleher at Liverpool, is taking that step and thinking, yeah, maybe I am actually an equal, or at least pushing Alisson here to a degree, and maybe I can get regular game time eventually here at Liverpool, and I do have the years to play with. But he also has to toy with the notion of, I am going to take a massive step down, no matter where I go to next, unless like like a big... European giant like PSG decide to cast aside Gianluigi Donnarumma and, and bring in Creeping Keller, which you know, let's face it, isn't going to happen. Mm. It, but it's 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 so, it's like it's a mental thing to do it as well, taking that step off onto the onto onto unsteady kind of uh, un, unsteady ground really. Uh, Ninety three Rubik's Cube has been in touch. Lewis Capaldi, our editors, give the people the news they want. I think 93 Rubik's Cube was the only person waiting for the last 24 hours to find out this. Unfortunately, 93 Rubik's Cube, I'm not going to either of them. Uh, But Mike Green, himself and herself, are also going to see Phil as well. He also has no idea what it's going to entail. But feck it, I'm going anyways. (laughs) And I'm kind of the same. Going to see Phil doesn't sit that well with me because I'm usually such a cynical person and he's just a very nice man. Again, he's just easy watching. He loves everything. Everything is great. It's very out of character for me to like somebody like that, but I'm just all in on, on this guy. This is Monday coming. Monday coming, yeah. Can't wait to hear about it next week. Yeah, oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> first 10 minutes of next Thursday's show. Uh, Frank saying, should also, I, I, I don't know if we were looking for recommendations, like these nights out are one off, so I, on. there's no point saying something else is good to me because I'm not going. Uh, you should also try the live Faulty Towers experience. You get served dinner and no doubt abuse from actor Basil. Frank, that sounds terrible. That was on. I, I, I've not been to that, but uh, my father works in Hotel Sligo and they've hosted that there. So I don't know who, who arranges it, whether whoever's arranged. It's meant to be very funny. Does your father work in Hotel Sligo or a hotel in Sligo? Uh, Sligo? Do you want me to say the hotel? Oh, you can give them as much free Sligo Park Hotel. Will they, get a, will they get a warm welcome? Oh, the warmest. Oh, the warmest. The warmest. I can, I can imagine so. I'd say. Yeah. yeah I'd say he's got a, bit, uh, a certain charm. 
Oh, unmistakable. Oh, just mention Limerick Curling, you'll be there all night. You will literally be there all night. Yeah, they'll keep the bar open. You mentioned Limerick Curling, <laughs> late bar for everybody. Uh, we better get to some sports news. Um, oh, Richie, yeah. Richie, Kill McCoy. Yeah. What's, yeah, ki- what's happening? The latest wrinkle in this one, Kilmacud Croaks reportedly have zero interest in playing, uh, replaying even the All-Ireland Club football final. Glenn, of course, have lodged an objection as Croaks had 16 active players on the pitch for the Ulster Champions final attack of Sunday's game. According to the Irish Examiner today, Croaks are expected to lodge their own counter-objection to the CCCC tomorrow. They have until Saturday noontime to do that. It's going to come sooner and they don't want to replay. They'd rather uh, hand the cup back is the word coming back from the Stalorgan Club. Yeah, there have been a lot of rumours around this over the last, well, probably 48 hours that there was a sense in Kilmacud that they did nothing wrong, that a mistake was made by the officials. They won the game on the pitch. The final whistle was blown. They went up and they lifted the trophy. And, you know, we are celebrating as All-Ireland Champions will continue to do so for the next year. Now, there's all sorts of complications and you have to have huge sympathy for both sets of players because they've been on the road since... Well, playing matches since yeah. June, July, uh, if not earlier than that, they've planned their holidays with their families who've been waiting and waiting. And they said, well, we're done. We're come hell or high water on Sunday, probably off on their holidays today, tomorrow, gone for the next two weeks. Some players might go off to Australia for a few months. And now you're dragging them back to play that. Like it's 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 a messy situation that if Kilmacud refused to play this. What do the GEA do? The fact that the objection has gone in and the GEA want to play this by the books, they've said right from the off, we are going to go through the process and nothing will happen unless Glenn object. It feels as though once Glenn objected that there now has to be another winner. Right. Unless if Kilmacud refused to play, that the GEA will come out and say, we're just going to stick with the result. I think the genie's out of the bottle. Like I don't think you can so go back. So then you're in a scenario where if Kilmacud say, well, we're not playing it again, that you would award it to Glenn yeah, be without playing a game nah. which I don't think Glenn would want no. which just means everybody knows that Kilmacud won the game but there's a an asterisk or it doesn't even go down in the record books like it's it turns into an, an even greater shambles like we're even past omni shambles at this stage so if Kilmacud don't want to play uh, which they're obviously well within their rights to do I think it's just unfortunate that's just it there's not, it's, it's one of those, like it's not, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what the Henri handball to a degree, where it wasn't necessarily a, it's not like the match was won and lost in that moment. It was a match, granted for that, the match was certainly weighted in France's favour, but it wasn't so decisive as to be completely redeemable. It, th- this situation as well, it, it was a chance of something. It's not a complete robbery of something. It's not like this altered the result in any way specifically I think it's very unfortunate it's very unlucky but I'd be well I, if I was coming from a Kelmacud perspective I would absolutely not go playing it again it's done it's like that's it if you want to take it that way and do it administratively fine it's very harsh on both like to be honest with you I think both of them have. it's, it's kind of been tainted and ruined for both of them because I know like people are joking about the fact of being out like celebrating it and celebrating it with like drink and big nights out and but that's not it entirely it's it's also like a it's a momentous thing for a lot of those players like a one off thing that they might never have imagined would happen and it's whatever happens to that's it's always going to have that little taint of that week was kind of ruined and I, I just think you kind of cut losses and just go on with it it's not you can't there's no there's no satisfying way to redeem this now if it's replayed and Kilma could win again it still won't be satisfying they'll still like it's, they're still going to be you know they're Glenn having lost there's a satisfaction in that at least then it's done and there's it's never a, a question it, I guess 
if Kilmacutter meeting again tonight or over the coming days, it's when they look at each other in the eyes and say, if we decide we're not going ahead with this, are we all comfortable with the fact that we are doing the right thing, that we can believe we are all Ireland champions, we can believe we have achieved what we set out to achieve at the start of the year, but the trophy may not be here. Yeah, well, uh, no, well, look, that's tough because like, obviously the clubhouse is the central part of it. Seeing that there when you go in or a replica of it, obviously, but I don't think they will have any doubt whatsoever that they won legitimately on fair and square. So I don't think it's going to make any big difference. It might embolden them to go further, but just judging by the reaction of what's coming out and what we're hearing, there's no doubt in their minds. They're not at all compromised. They'll probably feel a bit, um, there'll be a bit of, they'll feel hard done by because they're not probably getting the Jews that they expect that they should be getting and the kudos for winning. Oh, well, there's been zero analysis of the game. You know what I mean? There's been yeah. no talk of Shane Walsh's performance or Paul no. Mannion's performance or how Glenn managed to really you know, do a fine job on them, Connor Glass's performance, it's just the controversy, which is understandable because of what happened and what developed. Does that stop? Like, what's the end point? I'm still not sure what the end point of this can be now that the official objection has been lodged. Well, sure, maybe they order a triple eight, but like, if they're not going to, they're not going to. And I don't know when they do. And all these different little bits and pieces, as you're saying, people have lives to live and it's kind of, it's not, I'm sure there's nothing insurmountable. No, you know, it's not going to be so crazy that, well, nobody can go back, they can't play again and they'll find ways if they do choose to play again. But I think even if they are mandated by the GA to do it, there's no guarantee they will do it and there's no guarantee they'll necessarily feel bad about not doing it. And from Glenn's perspective, I don't know. It'd be very interesting to see what they think of it as well because it's kind of, you don't see this happen a lot in sport. There's not often replays of games. for things No, because like, most know. sport have their rules set in such a way that this isn't a possibility. Kind of, but it does happen. Like, there's no, like until, like, say, with the... But Henri wasn't... Jesus, I'm not even going over. Henri wasn't a cheating no, thing. It, I think it became more of a, a moral yeah. question. I think the issue here was that the official screwed up. There was a rules breach that wasn't of certainly wasn't of Glenn's and we don't know like the likelihood is they don't score a goal but we just yeah. we, we'll never know so yeah we have to wait and see what comes out of Kilmacud over the next uh, 24 hours or so uh, Richie semi-finals day at the Australian Open yeah, sixth seed Irina Sabalenka will play Wimbledon champion Elena Rabakina in the Australian Open women's final. Rabakina ended Victoria Azarenka's hopes of a third title in Melbourne with a straight sets victory today. While Sabalenka beat the unseeded pole Magda Lynette 7-6-6-2 to reach her first ever Grand Slam singles final. It continues Sabalenka's unbeaten start to 2023, which she's hinted could be down to ditching her sports psychologist. Uh, to be honest, I decided to stop working with a psychologist. I realized that Nobody than me will help, you know, and um, yeah, on the preseason, I spoke to my psychologist saying like, listen, I, I feel like I have to, I have to deal with that by myself because every time hoping that someone will fix my problem, it's not fixing my problem. So I just have to take this responsibility and I just have to, uh, I have to deal with that. And yeah, I'm not working with psychologists anymore. Is it some sort of unofficial Irish transfer deadline day today? 
Seems like it, yeah. Feels like it for sure. As several Republic of Ireland players are on the move. Republic of Ireland striker Michael Abafemi is set to complete a move from Swansea City to Burnley. His club, Swansea, have agreed a loan deal with the Championship leaders with an obligation to make the move permanent in the summer. Connor Coventry has signed a new 12-month contract extension at West Ham, but he'll spend the rest of this season on loan at Rotherham. Former Ireland goalkeeper Darren Randolph has joined Bournemouth on an 18-month deal from West Ham. Shawnee Maguire has swapped Preston for Coventry today. Coventry have also signed Ireland under-19 defender Luke McNally from Burnley on loan, that is. Meanwhile, Brighton have completed their signing of Marco Mahoney from Cork City. The 18-year-old will link up with the Premier League club's under-21 squad, having signed a contract with them until 2025. Uh, hopefully Michael Obafemi settles, gets on with Vincent Company. Uh, they get promoted next year and we suddenly have another young striker playing on a regular basis in the Premier League. We haven't seen that level of consistency from Obafemi. We haven't seen him be able to get on with managers for long enough. So hopefully this is just a period of great move calmness. It's a great move. Like it's, <laughs> And I wonder, I presume he did a bit of homework beforehand, even talking to the likes of Josh Cullen or whatever find out or whatever way it works that I find out if how he'd work with Vincent Company. But that's um geez, that's all and so why does it why do they do it that way when it's loan then if it's permanent from loan to permanent? If if you know you're going to buy them, why not just buy now? It's just a financial thing you're spreading it out? Yeah. Okay. Grant. Pretty much so that you can wait till the summer till you've sold one of your other strikers okay. and, and get the money in. And maybe there's something in there if he picks up a bad injury you don't need to make the long term commitment. Well, Could well be to do with them getting I think you said Rich you were saying it's permanent regardless. Obligation to make it permanent, yeah. Okay. yeah. It's odd, but yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's like the Chelsea and the eight and a half year contracts. Uh, the real football is back, of course, on Saturday night. Uh, the real GEA to talk about. Mayo and Galway. <laughs> Feels yeah, a little bit yeah. heavy. Uh, some news from Galway. It does, yeah. Galway are going to be without all star defender Liam Silk for the entire 2023 inter county campaign. The Curriffin player is staying on his travels in New Zealand this year. Galway begin the Division 1 football campaign, as you mentioned, against Mayo. It's at McHale Park on Saturday evening. Kieran Malloy is also missing for Port Joyce's side. That is due to an ACL injury. All right, a couple of. Um, minutes for a few more stories Richie yeah Ian Costello has been handed a new wide ranging job at Munster the former Wasps coach is swapping his current position as academy and pathway manager for the new role of head of rugby operations among Costello's new duties will be assisting head coach Graham Rowntree with player recruitment he'll also oversee the long term strategic development of the elite player pathway and succession planning Costello's new job will mirror those done by Guy Easterby at Leinster and Bryn Cunningham at Ulster darkness brought a premature end to the first day's play at the Dubai Desert Classic with Shane Lowry among those still to commence their first rounds Rory McIlroy best of the Irish and two under par he still has three holes to play of his opening round he's three shots off the lead of the Belgian Thomas Peters Tom McKibben shot at two over 74 Padraig Harrington struggling though on eight over he has though five holes left to play of his first round and Willie Mullins claimed a ninth Thursday's chase victory at Gorham Park this afternoon nine to two favourite carefully selected one as, uh, for, as one from a short head from the Gordon Elliott trained Dunboyne speaking to Racing TV afterwards Mullins praised the job done by jockey Paul Townend aboard carefully selected I was happy and I was just watching the whole way down the back and um, he just kept out of trouble kept jumping kept him in the race made a, I think two mistakes did he make one over the far side here and at the fourth last but when he made the mistake of the fourth last I thought that was him gone three or four horses passed him but Paul just sat on him uh, kept him together gave him a breather which very few jockeys do nowadays gave him a breather went down to the third last probably not as any of it was tidy enough and then I could just see him coming and played his card going to the second last and got a good jump at the last and um, it was a huge performance 
What is with Richie's hat? Asked Michael O'Connell. Is he planning to commit a burglary later or something? That'll be giving it away and it'll ruin the surprise. Maybe I'm conducting some kind of Michael McIntyre. Uh, Possibly. I was <laughs> going to say, uh, Michael, he's, local been, he's been stealing a living for years, so it uh, wouldn't surprise me what. That's uh, very, very, yeah. very, very. On that note, that's Michael McIntyre level. Hey, that this is this is what I'm getting from my terrible TV viewing. Uh, Richie, thank you as always. Nice lad, Arthur. We shall talk to you later. Cheers, Nathan.